Welcome to Says Who. And we have a new sponsor this week. Um, Maureen, Maureen, we don't we don't have any sponsors any week. Well, normally we're brought to you by Blue Apron. So we are in no way affiliated with Blue Apron. They're probably going to send us a cease and desist letter soon. Well, they're our usual sponsor, but this week I had a very real email come to me at my my personal identity as a YA author address. And I really think this could be it for us. So I'm going to read it with just the name of the company redacted. And I'm just going to say blank. The letter goes, I am the founder and CEO of Blank Probiotics, a company dedicated to gut health. Blank Probiotics is launching a new line of products nationwide, and we would love to partner with you as our ambassador. Dan, they want me to be an ambassador. Blank is already delivering healthy gut bacteria to thousands of families through patented technologies. We think you would be the perfect partner in spreading the word about Blank and the powerful health benefits of probiotics. Dan. Wow. The gut people want me to be a brand ambassador. Brand ambassador. Brand but brand m dat ass adore. Dan, do you see what I'm saying? Dat ass, Maureen. We could be the podcast of gas. The podcast. I'm saying a company got in touch with me. Me. Because they thought I could be a new ambassador for intestinal problems. I'm a YA author, Dan. I'm a YA author. How, the, my life wasn't like this before. What? What the hell is happening? It's the year of the ass, Maureen. I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, buy this stuff. So Blue Apron, because all food ends up in the same place. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am a somewhat raspy Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Yeah, my voice is not going to be great. I apologize. You got a bit of a head cold there, huh? I got a bug um, because this week has tried to kill me in comedy ways. So. It's, uh, it's been that kind of a couple weeks. Yes, it has. And, and certainly... More so for you. Um, yeah. I've had a rough run. Uh, as as mentioned uh, on the previous episode, uh, my father was uh, rather sick, and he actually uh, he passed away shortly after uh, the last episode was uh, released. Turns out that is a hell of a way to disengage from the news. Uh, <laughs> I've not... I have not been paying much attention to uh, the latest outrage. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a couple weeks, Maureen. Um, so I I am sort of I guess the acting ambassador of news to you a little bit. So I'll be telling you about some stuff that you may or may not be aware of. But you know, also I had a weird week in that the beginning of a week, a fish tried to kill me. Um, hmm? I am 
vegetarian except for the fact that I eat fish on occasion and I've been meaning to stop. And now I have a good reason to stop because I had a, a tuna wrap on Monday and I was like, I'm fine. And then my mouth swelled up and I turned purple and stopped breathing right and had to go to the ER um, where they. Um, yeah. Turns out you can get this weird form of food poisoning called scromboid poisoning, which is that a great is word. not a real thing. They it were is. like snickering behind the curtain when they said it. It's like you eat an allergy attack because the, the histamines are actually in the food and then you eat them and then you have a food allergy attack. And so I spent, That's horrible. It's fine, actually, because I got to spend the week on a lot of Benadryl. And so everything has had a very soft focus to it. <laughs> we are too expert level people to discuss the news of the last couple of weeks, aren't we? I think the universe was trying to keep me like all everything had and then I got this and then we walked our we walked our dog and we were trying to get her to play ball because she's decided she doesn't want to walk around anymore and we were like trying to get her to walk around and my partner threw the ball and I wasn't quite ready and the leash, the long leash we had her on, wrapped around my dull whip injured finger, the one with the big scar that I brought the can down on my hand making dole whip when Trump was talking and has a giant scar on it. That finger got wrapped in the leash as she ran forward and it snapped and we thought it was broken. And I was like, it swelled up and turned purple. And I was like, I'm not going to the ER because I've already been to the ER for a comedy injury this week. And it's fine. But it's like that one finger is like everything happens to this finger. Now it's like the finger that the other fingers avoid because it's trouble. So anyway, it was my dole whip finger. I'm like, my dole whip finger is sensing trouble in the, in the force. So some of the things you've missed, Dan, it's all garbage. And everything has felt like <laughs> soup. It just feels like, I feel like the thing about this now, and instead of sort of picking apart some of the things that have happened, a couple of things have happened, is more talking about the feeling of just being in it and getting to that point where you have the sensation of who even who cares anymore? Like who? Yeah. It's all just a mess. It's all just a gray clump of garbage. And that's just a sensation. You know, like you can just kind of, it's the meditation exercise of acknowledging it and saying, that's just something that's happening. That you're having a feeling right now about these events is that who even cares? The apathy is just something that passes through. It doesn't have to be a stage that we stay in. Right. It may be a, certainly a station, that, a stage that we go through. Well, I mean, it's it's it's, you know, I think that that's it's a natural thing that we are, you know, we are in sort of fight and fight or flight mode every day now and so there's got to be points in that in that cycle where you just say well none of it matters you know just just fuck it all you know and it could be in like in my case where you have such huge life things that you are just boop it does, none of none of none of this matters anymore like i don't need to watch this daily insanity play out because i have plenty of insanity right here in my own you know in my own head right now um but uh you know it's 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 bound to happen i think to me the thing that is most interesting having really i mean i have been shut off from news from 
really the the release of the last episode to this morning and like coming back in like there's first that question of like am i high right now like i've i've never actually been high in my life but I, am i right now because none of this is, that i'm seeing makes sense right like like the like the amount of if you step away for a moment you know that let alone for a longer period of time that it, it's like it's so disorienting when you come back because none of it makes sense. You know, there you're catching like the tail end of six different news cycles that played out over the last three days or, you know, the last you know week. And it's just like, what is even happening here? Um, but the other thing about it is like it both is completely disorienting, but also completely familiar because what you see is that tail end outrage cycle which is you know one group of people saying well this is it this is the thing that's finally gonna you know unknit this sweater uh and then another group of people that are just saying like nope everything's fine like ignore it and let's move on and you realize like that's how every single one of these things plays out right that every single time it's like there's the there is the you know, rumor of a thing, a whisper of a thing, and then there's sort of the a denial of the thing, and then there's the denial of the denial, and then there's the like, okay, well, it is that thing, but it's not what you think, and then it, you know, a week or day later, it's like, oh, it's actually exactly what you think, and then they finally come in and are like, well, it didn't even matter anyway, so what are you going to do about it? And then it kind of like flips off, and it's like, you when you step away, you sure see that cycle just play out over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and if if this podcast, again, does anything at all, it's just to kind of, we're just two people trying to cope with the information that's, that's coming out and um, dealing with these feelings, dealing with, like, the kind of ups and downs of it is a big part of it and just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's therapy. Um, what... I did look to see what happened the day that we put up the last podcast. And I was surprised, again, it's the time thing. The time has a weird feeling, um, that the thing that happened was June 29th. And I looked for that as like, I'm like, oh, what happened on June 29th? And June 29th was the morning that Donald Trump started tweeting, I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me, parentheses, I don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Micah, along with Psycho Joe, dot, 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 continues, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was be bleeding badly from a facelift. I oh, said boy. no. Now, I don't know if you saw that one that happened at the I time. Did, I did see that one, but that yeah. feels like it happened three years ago. No, that was the, that was the day that this came out. And... Then on July 5th, after Independence Day, is when he posted the body-slamming CNN wrestling uh. tweet, which I really wanted to keep from you because I know that wrestling is one of your refuges. It is. It's one of, it, it, I, I, I also did see that one a little bit, and there was that moment of like, no, please, no, don't take this. This is the little weird cave that I've hidden in. He doesn't get to take it. It was just a gif. Yeah. But, you know, it, that was the kind of 
So, you know, of the many things that happened, we had some goodish news, which is that that healthcare vote that they tried to force through once again fizzled at the last minute because the bill is terrifying and extremely unpopular. Although it, it yet, it, like the House vote, it, it is now rumored to be coming back. And it appears as if the main thing holding it back, uh, just like the House vote, is that it wasn't actually mean enough. Yeah, now they're saying, well, if we can't replace, we'll s- simply repeal. Yeah, well, and also Ted Cruz came out. I saw this today. This was one of those moments where I, it was like, am I high right now? Am I imagining this? Ted Cruz has been distributing typewritten memos. like, And it keeps, like, I've seen it a couple of different times described as typewritten, which really makes me hope that he's, like, actually sitting at a typewriter with, like, carbon paper, putting together memos where he has proposed a, a, an amendment or some sort of change to this bill um, to fix the kind of the need for a high-risk pool or something like that. But suddenly, like... You know, you know, you're in a state when Ted Cruz is suddenly slithering back into your life, attempting to fix your shit. If Ted Cruz is distributing memos, I just want to point out, are they in a series of incomprehensible symbols that he just sends to the San Francisco uh, newspapers because he is, in fact, the Zodiac killer? So... Ted Cruz distributing memos is always something to watch out for. It's true. This is this is a two week period in which NASA had to officially deny that they are running a slave colony on Mars. That's something what? that re- I yes. missed that one. Yes. Alex Jones had someone on his show that claimed that NASA is doing a lot of stuff that nobody knows about and that for several decades they have had they sent children out. And there is a slave colony on Mars. And uh, I will put up the article that uh, discusses this. But yes, and the official, they had to, um, they had to issue a denial. So you will be relieved to know that there is no NASA slave colony, children slave colony on Mars. That's the thing that happened. That's good. That seems like we're definitely, we're definitely moving forward then. We're moving into that, good days. Well, that was happening at the same time that, that Trump was going to Europe to represent us at the G20 summit. Yeah, so this is the stuff that I will fully admit I had no... I, I like, I quit Twitter for, like, I'd shut it down. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm coming in blind on this stuff. I know that he met with Putin, That's, but I don't know anything beyond that. Well, that's the thing is that very few people do... And this is also the point where they started pumping me full of antihistamines. And one of the things about it is that so little kind of is known because with the the Putin meeting, um, there were so few people there. There is no really good. There's never going to be a reliable report of what actually went on. But one of the only things that came out of it was that Trump said, I just I pushed Putin twice. To find out if they he they tampered and they said no and then we all decided to move on, um, which is that's that. Handy. And that's when I checked out. I think in a lot of ways you could just see in the other exchanges that the other leaders of the world. I assume 
they are, it's not that they're discounting us as a nation, as a force to be dealt with in the same way that you have to account for weather, you know, but <laughs> they're not, we're not like a real, we're not like real people you can talk to. Like, as long as Donald Trump is sitting there with us, like we're, they assume that we're sort of a lost cause is sort of the impression that you get. Like that, you know, he sent Ivanka to sit in for some stuff. and <clears throat> So we're like the world's drunk uncle now. Yeah, we're there and we have to be accounted for because in terms of what shit we might break, but um no but someone else is like, we'll be driving. Like clearly we're taking control of the situation because they because we're I assume they think we're gonna descend into rubble at any second because we're just going to implode and we're gonna do a lot of really damaging things on the way down with the environment or, or tweet starting a war with North Korea or something, but they kind of assume that we're just a giant hot mess. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to be over here doing actual things. And like America will just implode over there is the impression you get. Hmm. That's there good. Was, there was that the um, thing that came out that said maybe there would be a joint Russian U.S. cybersecurity force. Oh, the fox and the chickens announcing that they were they're going to work together for a hen house protection gig antihistamines are interesting because they i because i have a medical i can't take you know i don't drink or anything but like they're just a pleasant fuzziness to them and so i was watching that and i was like mm -hmm. it it at the level of absurdity again you reach that point where you're just like this is not your brain can't I, but the thing is that our brains will again you know, when the algae attack was happening, my other half, who I call Oscar, it's not his real name, but it's what I call him online, was looking at me and he's like, I think you're having an allergy attack. And I was, because I was like, my heart was racing. I turned purple like an eggplant. My mouth swelled up. I had a rash all over my body that suddenly appeared. And I was like, I'm fine. And he's like, you're not fine. I think we have to go to the emergency room. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Because in my head, in 2017, this is just how I feel. Like, I'm like, no, no, right. I'm fine. And I was trying to, like, read news. And I'm like, oh, I'm panting, like, and I'm sweating. And I'm like, so many things are going wrong. I cannot be having an allergy. Like, I just don't believe it. And then finally, I tried to stand up and I was having trouble. And I'm like, why am I purple? Shit. All right. Maybe I am. And I happened to be going to a doctor's appointment anyway, just for something else. And I went in and I was like, is there, like, a nurse back there? And they're like, what? I'm like... I think something weird is happening to me. And they, so they were like, they sent in a nurse and she kind of looked at me and her eyebrows went up and she was like, are you having an allergy attack? And I was like, no, but I, I'm purple. Dan, Dan, I was purple, like completely purple. And there was just, my whole arms were just covered in this red, like, like really it comes over and I'm like, I didn't have this sunburn. Like, it appeared all in like five minutes. And she's like, you're having an allergy attack and you need to go immediately to the emergency room. And I was like, but what if I'm fine? What if I'm fine? And she's like, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, but what if I am? Like, I was just a believer. I was like, but it hasn't killed me yet. So therefore I must be fine because not this many things can go wrong at once. I'm already here at the doctor's to do something else. I refuse to believe this is an allergy. I can't really breathe. I'm going to go to the emergency room, but I think I'm fine. And of course I got to the emergency room where they looked at me and said, you're having an allergy attack. Sit down. We're going to shoot you in the leg. So 
all I'm saying is 2017 just feels this way. It does. Everybody. And I mean, we, we talked you. about that. We've talked about that before, where just like the floor is so high, like the exhaustion floor and the just like totally feeling like shit floor um, is so high, you know, and it doesn't take a, a lot. And that sense of all these things can't be happening at once is is the is the general way that every day works now, you know, like like. There is the just simply the the paying attention to the world and the just kind of series of shit dominoes that fall every day. Uh, and then there's the paying attention to your own life and the shit that's going on there and making sure you don't eat a piece of fish covered with histamines or, you know, that sort of thing. And like, good job, everyone. If you're listening to this, that means you did it right. Like you did this day. Good one. Like, nice work. Like, man, it's like we should get little awards every day. Every yeah. day we should get little awards. We should be we should look like old Soviet like, you know, military vets by the end of a month because we're so laden down with various awards. Uh, but con but really, congratulations, everyone. Yeah. You did it. It's amazing. Yeah. This is hard. And it's it's hard because some battles I think you can fight and it seems clear what you're doing. Like there's a thing and you have to fight it, but this has become so strange that you're not sure when you're constantly questioning what, what is real. Right. And having someone in charge of the country who's constantly telling you things aren't real and that the things you see happening aren't happening when you're being yeah. gaslit by the fucking president, who is then also obsessed with talking about bleeding women and wrestling gifts and beating up the new, like it's an assault on your mind. And don't yeah. worry, like we're all gonna get through this and this is a, something we're passing through and it's something just, if you have to acknowledge it and say, ah, what I'm ex experiencing now is overload. What I'm experiencing now is confusion. What I'm experiencing now is exhaustion. What I'm experiencing now is despair. Okay, there it is. I see you. I see you there. There you at. What I'm experiencing now is an allergy attack brought about by one fish. You do eventually have to acknowledge that. You have to say, there, I see you. So, so can I tell you a, a, a brief story of, of, of Donald Trump and wrestling, since we are talking about that wrestling gif? Uh, that gif is from a, a moment that he was on uh, and part of a wrestling angle. Right. Like a, a ongoing storyline. Um, and I believe it was a, a what's called a hair versus hair match where uh, each wrestler traditionally each wrestler puts their hair on the line. Uh, whoever loses has to have their head shaved. I believe in this case it was either Donald Trump or the owner of uh, the WWF, also now the WWE. Uh, they one of them was going to have to have their head shaved. Um and he he is he has been involved and in is in is known as a wrestling fan for for quite a while. He's been involved in enough stuff with the WWE that he actually is a part of their Hall of Fame and has an entry that talks about how he is now the president of the United States, like an updated entry in the in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. But he, as far as anyone knows, 
truly believes that it is real. And <laughs> even though he has been a part of these angles uh, and famously uh, a wrestler named Triple H, who is now one of the main executives in the in the WWE, um, this was before he was before Trump was running for office. So there was no, you know, no here nor there uh, gave a radio interview where he talked about there was a a, a, a storyline where Vince McMahon, the owner of the, the WWE, uh, at the end of an episode of of Raw was blown up in a limousine and they got a call the next day to WWE headquarters <laughs> from uh, from Donald Trump asking is Vince okay? Like, is he all right? Like, he believes it. This is the person Dan. that's running the country, Maureen. Dan, I, first of all, <clears throat> you did not tell me that's what you're going to hit me with. <laughs> I and did not. It just just came to me. You've been sitting on that information. It seemed irrelevant until he dragged wrestling into this shit. You I mean, can't I guess see my... I guess technically he dragged wrestling to this shit when he named uh, the co-owner of the WWE to head the Small Business Administration. But, you know, uh, he didn't tweet about it. I, you can't see my face right now, but it's it's a bit still. It's a bit. You know, I didn't I I didn't. I kind of glad I don't have a voice because um, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. for. I wasn't ready. <clears throat> I wasn't re Okay, fine. I wasn't ready. Your voice is really gone. I wasn't ready. I knocked the voice right out of you there. Dan, you've killed me. I'm dead now. Except I'm not. It's just that I wasn't ready to hear that Donald Trump believes in wrestling. You guys, we're going to be okay. People have been through longer and worse struggles than that. They're all fucking with you. And just if you just put your hand on you and say, I'm real, this is real, I know what's real. I mean, to me, I, it, it, like that anecdote underlines again something that we have talked about before on this show, which is we are not dealing with masterminds. Like, we are not dealing with particularly smart people. Like, we're dealing with kind of dumb people that seem to be their main measure of anything is like, can I get away with it? Okay, cool, then let's do it, right? Um, of which one of the dumbest has re-entered the news in Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, in the last 24 hours, the Donald Trump Jr. story. And it's not, it's not Eric, the one that looks like he survives on live mice and chocolate milk. It's the other one who, who kills all the animals. I think it's right. Donald Jr. that shoots endangered animals these people are all dicks um so it's come out that last june i should have the dates in front of me but i don't but it last june there was a meeting in which donald trump jr met with a russian lawyer who claimed to have compromising information on hillary clinton and and then didn't apparently but uh, he went to this meeting, and he's been denying the meeting. And also, what happens at the same time, the same day as Donald Trump starts tweeting about, oh, I wonder what's going to come out. And, like, all of these little hints start coming out at the same time. And 
and he off he denied this meeting and he had to amend a form that said he had a meeting and then it came out that he had this meeting and it it's just been a weird unspooling of denials and then apparent just explanations and just saying flat out what he did so yeah i mean that's the thing that really again re-entering this thing at the tail end of the the story the it seems that now their defense was simply like yeah we took the meeting but they didn't have shit yeah so what you know what's the problem there like they didn't got shit so why what's what what was your issue I went to buy a stolen TV, but he didn't have one. I mean, I, I forget who it was, but some time ago, someone said, you know, eventually they're just going to get to the point where they're like, yeah, so what? We colluded. What are you going to do? You know, and it's like it, we're an inch away from that moment, you know, like they like and yet we're an inch away from the explanation of like, so. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well. And that's the thing we need answers for. And luckily this week, we have guests with actual information. Like people that know things. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know how on the internet now everyone is a lawyer and a constitutional scholar, except that they're not? Well, we went out and we got a constitutional scholar. An actual constitutional law professor and we want to find out what the hell is going on yes so uh roman mars from the uh, amazing and long-running podcast 99 percent invisible has launched a new uh a new podcast uh where he talks with constitutional law professor elizabeth joe uh it is called simply what trump can teach us about con law and it just takes the news of the day and runs it through actual history and actually what the Constitution says about it. So it's it's really useful to have someone that, that understands that to be able to sit down and talk with us about what is and isn't allowed and what is and isn't illegal. So we are super excited to get a chance to speak with Roman and Elizabeth on this episode of Says Who. This podcast says who last August was during the campaign and we thought this was going to be a limited term thing that we did that was just covering a super short, intensely weird period in America. And we wanted to understand what the hell was going on. So we spoke to different political reporters each week and asked them what the hell is going on. And then I don't know if you heard, but like Trump won. And so everything (laughs) continued weird and got worse. And we continued this. And we still just keep asking what is going on. Um, And I am tremendously excited that we actually have a professor to ask you what the hell is going on. But it seems like this actually your podcast started from a similar place where one of you was asking what the hell is going on. And you're like, oh, my neighbor has answers. Like I might actually be able to figure it out. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I uh, knew Elizabeth from we 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 both have kids in an elementary school here, and I was a follower of hers on Twitter, and I noticed that everything that came up about Trump, um, she would tweet about, but al- always have this sort of constitutional law lens 
on, on a lot of this stuff. And I was uh, especially freaking out in February and I just wrote her an email. I think it might've been just one line, which was, um, what do you think about us getting together a couple times a week and, uh, talking, you know, you know, having a sort of constitutional law, like, uh, reaction to Trump. And, um, and then we met and I convinced her to, to do it <laughs> because I didn't know, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about it. I don't know anything about this stuff. Um, I'm just here to, um, to learn and, and luckily I have the audience and she has the brains and, uh, and that somehow makes it work. You must be super, I'm sorry, as a law professor, you must be excited about all of the constitutional law experts you're seeing on Twitter all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much Wikipedia can teach you about law in about five minutes, I've discovered. Um, and everyone's a Trump expert on constitutional law. Um, so that's been kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I think like all people around the United States and the world, we're sort of watching all of this unfold and thinking, you know, a lot of this seems unprecedented and new. And I literally had neighbors and friends just call me out of the blue saying, is all of this legal? Has this ever happened before? And so even before I spoke to Roman, I was having these conversations with people who were just genuinely thinking about, wow, what does the Constitution mean in this context? So when Roman approached me and said, well, you want to do a project about this, I thought it was a terrific idea. I mean, this is the document that is the foundation of our government. And, you know, better late than never for people to understand something about it. So, like, I mean, one thing that it, it seemed like it was about an hour and a half after the inauguration that literally everyone in my Twitter feed was a expert on the Anubliance Clause, which I still don't even know how to pronounce, right? <laughs> Emoluments um, clause. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Um, it, it, it sounds it, like a butter substitute. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more of like a mint, like an emolument. Mm. But Ooh. yeah, <laughs> that sounds delicious, actually. Um, but it, like, how uh, every day? I mean, one of the things that's so hard about this time is every day there's something new and some new outrage and some new everything. And in, on Twitter or on talking heads on on CNN, there are people, you know, yelling out that this is, you know, illegal and this goes against the Constitution and all of that. And how do you I mean, you obviously know the Constitution really well. Are you seeing things that are actually going past what's in that document and are thusly? able to be dealt with? Sure. I mean, I'm not sure that it's, you know, whether all the things that some that Trump is doing is unconstitutional, you know, that's, you know, as people like to say, that's for the courts to decide. But what's really interesting here is that a lot of the stuff that Trump is engaging in are things that, you know, we really haven't thought about before. You know, you mentioned emoluments. You know, that's not something anybody really talks about. Law professors don't really talk about it. When I spoke about it with my students uh, right after the inauguration, they were like, what? What portion of the Constitution is this from? I, it wasn't part of my textbook. I had to go, you know, make up that unit, and we had to talk about it. My emoluments class for my students this year was, 
me Xeroxing some portions of the Constitution and showing them tweets from the President of the United States. So yeah, a lot of this is kind of new and unprecedented. So it's really going to be a test of things we hadn't really thought about before. So one of the things, you know, it's a kind of a put down, right? Say, well, this was a former, formerly academic subject. That usually means no one cares about it. Sorry, fellow <laughs> professors. But um, what that means today is that with Trump, wow, we're really thinking about these things before. What does it mean to get a benefit from another country? And when when is that going to be constitutional? Um, unfortunately, there's really no background here. There's no history. So that's what's really interesting and fascinating about uh, the president, at least with a lot of the things that he's been engaged in. What, what I really like about the series is that, so each episode, and when we're recording this, you've done four plus an intro, and you cover a topic, judicial legitimacy, appointments and removals, pardon power, and spending. And I've listened to each one twice because they're short. I can get all the information and I kind of go back over it again. Like, oh, that's, did I really get that? Did I really understand what was being discussed? Um, and so to really schoolhouse rock this, um, one of the things you go over is what obstruction of justice means. Because this is like one of our keywords now. Let's talk about obstruction of justice. And I don't know if anything that's happened in the last 24 hours influences because I think we should maybe talk about what happened the last 24 hours because you probably have a better understanding because it brings up another big word which is collusion because that word spins around I'm like do I even know what collusion is do I because it seems like there's collusion within collusion like nesting dolls of collusion and do do we even know what that what can you just tell me what collusion is Well, yeah, so I'm no national security law expert or anything like that. I mean, what I would say here is, you know, we're seeing a lot of activity that suggests people are not being as forthcoming as they should be about, um, you know, whatever dealings they're having with Russia. And to the extent that that implicates constitutional law topics, you know, you talk about collusion and obstruction. Those themselves aren't part of the Constitution, but they do point to some other things. So maybe one of the questions to ask here is, are these the kind of things that might lead to the big I word, impeachment? Um, you know, at this point, I still think it's pretty unlikely, but that's certainly one of the things that comes up because one of the questions you want to ask with the president is, is there a point at which the president goes too far? Because after all, impeachment, which is part of the Constitution, is really supposed to be a political judgment on the part of Congress. You know, it doesn't they don't have to point to a particular federal law like obstruction of justice if there is some point at which Congress says, look, the president has just gone too far, well, that might be grounds for impeachment. So that's one of the big constitutional law questions that's being uh, invoked here, or at least presenting itself. Again, it's largely theoretical, right? Because, you know, let's face it, we've only impeached two presidents, or you know, and they haven't even been convicted. They've been acquitted. So we don't, as a country, have a lot of experience with this. And Nixon was never imp- Nixon was not impeached. Right? He, like the, the the process of impeachment started with President Nixon, but and then he, he resigned. resigned, of course, before the full thing went forward. So it would be Andrew Jackson and um, Bill Clinton? Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. I'm sorry, I'm that's sorry. Right. President Andrew Johnson, Andrew Johnson and, Bill Clinton. and Clinton. Bill Clinton. Okay. Yeah. Because there are a lot of um, Watergate comparisons. They're everywhere. Is that fun for you, all these Watergate comparisons? <laughs> 
Sure. I mean, it also turns out that Nixon not only is known for the Watergate scandal itself, but he's also associated with some of the really big constitutional law questions with regard to the presidency. So his name pops up a lot whenever you think about the question of what's called executive power. That's the power of the president. So what that means is, well, how far can the president go? And when you do just your tiny bit of, you know, Wikipedia research, his name pops up a lot. So it has been really interesting. And we're now reaching a point in history where, you know, if you're a millennial, you know, Nixon, it's kind of like, that's ancient history, right? Well, heck, Bill Clinton is ancient history. So people want to know, well, what was that like? And what were people talking about? And of course, going back to that period, you know, there was no social media, there was no 24-hour news cycle. And so that's really accelerated the pace of news and interest in all of these topics. I mean, what, I, what I've learned in this process, um, talking to Elizabeth, is the, the, um, the, the sort of political aspects of, um, you know, whatever, uh, it's getting Trump out of office and, the, and then the criminal aspects, and that these things are really quite unrelated. Um, the impeachment process is a wholly political process. It looks like a criminal trial, but is not. And so it doesn't have to be proven that there's obstruction. It just has to, have, you just have to have the political will to remove uh, president from office, and even if there were, you know, grounds for any type of um, criminal proceedings against a sitting president, that is completely unprecedented, and so we don't even know how that would proceed. So this uh, this is all really new territory, and and for the most part, the subject of the show is to, you know, look at these things and and you know what is brought up through tweets and and various other strange activities. In, in, that have happened during this presidency, and then quickly go back to history and give an evergreen explainer of what the Constitution has to say about this sort of thing. And often the Constitution has to say about one sentence about these things. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then it's fun to sort of think about um, all the different sort of ways you can interpret that, and, and that's kind of the heart of the show. I mean, that's the thing that's, that's fascinating to me, uh-huh. watching... Supreme Court decisions over the years, right? Like so much of this stuff is based on, well, there's like one sentence that says this thing and you can interpret that sentence a whole bunch of different ways, right? And it, it, it it's this odd little like, it, 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 this way that we kind of look back at the like, what are the thoughts of the ancients on this thing? Um, and how do they guide our decisions going forward? Like it, there's part of it that feels so sort of odd and arcane and like we should be, you know, spreading goat entrails around or things like that. Like, how do you feel like in, in kind of watching this play out and knowing so much about both the history of it and and the way it's interpreted currently. Like, what are the things that you're seeing that are like, God, this is really fascinating? Well, what's really interesting, of course, is what Roman just mentioned, and that's if you look at the Constitution, it's pretty short, right? And so one of the things that the document is is that it's not like an instruction manual. It's supposed to be kind of a general outline of what the government's supposed to do. And so when you look at these individual phrases and people are squabbling about, well, that's grounds for impeachment or it isn't, or the president can do that or not, well, it's not that clear. And in a lot of ways, it's deliberately so. That's what's really interesting about constitutional law 
Not every word is defined. And when you have a particular phrase, some of the phrases are pretty vague, right? I mean, due process, that could mean a lot of things. And it has meant a lot of things over time. And when you look at Supreme Court opinions, as you mentioned, not every justice even has the same approach about how to interpret yeah. the Constitution. So some of them are famously originalists, which involves what I like to think of as both time travel and jumping into the mind of someone that you've never met um, and trying to figure <laughs> out what they thought at that time. Some, peop some justices have said, well, it's really a living Constitution. So whatever they thought back then really doesn't matter. It's what matters now. So when you have all of this disagreement, even among the smartest legal thinkers, of course, when you have a norm-breaking president, it's going to cause all kinds of questions to arise in lots of different ways, even in a context where it's already kind of, you know, it's a complicated area of law. Yeah. And, w and one of the things that's really interesting is with Twitter, we have this sort of strange insight into the mind of Trump, which allows you to explore these things in, in brand new ways. And so the Constitution is, um, you know, deliberately uh, this outline that it, it can be interpreted lots of different ways. But then you have, you know, you know, a couple hundred years of, of case law and Supreme Court cases to sort of solidify what we think about these things, like how we interpret it. But when you, when you have something like the Emoluments Clause, which has never come up really before in any significant way, there's no law. There's like no one's ruled on it in any way. And so it's really being interpreted for the first time. And that's why this is a really like strange moment in history to um, and, and sort of exciting moment to dive into the Constitution and, and you know, uh, you know, begin to examine what what this was all about and, and what what the framers were intending, um, because it's really coming up for the first time with someone like Trump. Can I ask you a juicy one? Because you haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> sure. The 25th Amendment. What are our chances? <laughs> I think highly unlikely. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's, no, it's there. The People are. Wait, but it's a trending topic on Twitter. Really? <laughs> yes. And you know that our government really should be ruled by trending topics on Twitter or moments even. Um, so I don't think that it's likely it's there. I mean, it's certainly a part of the Constitution. It turns out that you know, when, after uh, Kennedy was assassinated or uh, there was a thought like, well, we have a plan of succession for the president if he dies, but what if the president doesn't die? What if he's in a coma or what if he goes crazy? People are like, actually the constitution doesn't have an answer for that. Thus, we have the 25th amendment, but it's never actually been invoked for anything. And it's deliberately made difficult to actually invoke it. You have to get a whole group of people together to say, well, the president's unfit, um, can't serve. And that's a lot of what's common, you know, that's sort of intrinsic to the Constitution itself. Like, it's really hard to amend the Constitution. You can't just, like, decide you want to change it overnight. But that's part of the intended plan. We're supposed to have this really stable document where we can't just, like, upend the thing and have a revolution every year. And, of course, we have it. Um, but that's what's neat about the document. I mean, doesn't it, the, the gray area of the Constitution or any number of other parts of the way the government has run for a long time now, it feels like they, the Trump administration is hyper attuned to the fact that so much of it is gray. And like that feels like kind of their superpower is like finding the gray area and exploiting the hell out of it, you know? 
um, it doesn't say it's illegal, so that thusly we can go ahead and do it, or it doesn't. It doesn't say we can't do it, so we're going to go ahead and do it. Or like their ultimate out of like, well, it's it's it it's wrong for everyone else, but the president, you know. Um, it it has felt to me for a while that you know part of the thing that is so dangerous about right now is that there has been so much kind of polite assumption that the people in office have respect for the office right and what if they don't i think that's right i mean one of the things that you can think about with this president that's a little bit different than previous presidents or at least previous modern presidents is generally a lot of the stuff we assume is law is actually just custom and norms right like we want people to behave this way just because they've always behaved this way so if you think about emoluments right the idea that Presidents generally aren't supposed to just receive gifts from foreign nations unless Congress says it's okay, right? That's the basic idea. So in the past, is it really true that it's literally never happened that presidents have gotten gifts? That's not true. Actually, it does happen sometimes. But presidents either generally comply with the restrictions that Congress puts on them, or if there's any confusion at all, they ask some lawyers, and the lawyers write a really long memo saying, well, it's okay, and here's why, or it's not. We don't generally have a president who's like, I don't care, I'm going to do it and see what happens. That's really unusual, and we don't have a system that's you know set up to deal with someone to say, well, it doesn't really matter, I'm going to do it, and it's fine. Um, so that's really the norm aspect of it that's different about Trump. Yeah, the, the Constitution, I guess, does not spell out what you do when you have a president who doesn't give a shit. Well, I'll, that, I'll leave that to you, not me to say. But yeah, that's 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 one way of putting it. It's a way of saying that, you know, when you have an administration that's just willing to test things out rather than get legal advice, uh, a lot of times, that's kind of the result that you get. And it is, you know, if this were a purely theoretical president in a purely theoretical world, this would be fascinating and cool and fun. But for a lot of people, it's also mildly terrifying and, mildly? Um, you know, <laughs> blood pressure raising. So I got to say, I was really hanging my hopes on that 25th Amendment. I mean, I'm like, yeah. I'm like I mean, oh, my... what if she, what if she says it's 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 going to happen? I, I would say impeachment is more likely than the 25th Amendment, quite honestly. And that's really and not that's likely re- And either. that's really unlikely, too. Yeah. What? You guys? No, 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 no. Can't do this. <laughs> then what happens? This just continues? Uh, it could. I mean, it really takes, you know, and that's really the ultimate question, right? Is there some breaking point at which the other actors in the federal government say, you know what, that, I, that you mentioned Schoolhouse Rock, the Schoolhouse Rock idea of the three-ring circus. Well, where are the other two rings? Are they going to step in? And so you can't do that. And to a certain extent, the judiciary has stepped up. You know, with the travel ban, they've said, oh, wait a minute, no, you're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to have a, a preliminary injunction here to figure out what's going on. With the so-called sanctuary cities uh, executive order, uh, court has said, well, we're going to stop this for now until we figure out what's going on. So that's happened with the judiciary. The question is, with Congress, are they going to step in and say, this has gone too far if they believe that that's true? Um, So far, we haven't seen much indication of that. But again, this isn't really about what the Constitution's making these actors do. It's really about a set of expectations we have. Right. So it's possible that if he they've put him on a very long leash, but at a certain point they may say, okay, he's gotten out of control. We're going to have to cut him loose. Certainly possible. Certainly possible. Yeah. Give us something to hold on to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but but again, like that stuff with impeachment, it, it really that's a political process, um, and it's a political solution of removing someone from office. So, they, I mean, as I was pretty evident with Clinton, um, they can choose any reason <laughs> to go after some, you know, the president in this way, and they just have to have the will to do it. And um, I I see no evidence that they have the will to do it. Whereas, I mean, I, you know, the, part of the stuff with the 25th Amendment, which we haven't talked about, but I've read very little about, but it, it involves, you know, getting the cabinet on board. And it just seems like even the, the cabinet would be even less inclined to consider the president unfit than the legislature. Yeah, like who's even in the cabinet at this point? A hamburger, a puppet, <laughs> a television, <laughs> a bowl of candy. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Roman, as someone as someone that is has is coming into this, you know, relatively cold, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious as you've kind of delved deeply in with Elizabeth, like what what has struck you about either sort of the Constitution generally or the Constitution in reflection of the times that we find ourselves in? Well, I mean, I think I I never. I just never encountered um, even the basics of it in school in, you know, strange ways. I just managed to avoid it. And <laughs> um, and so it's been really fun. And, you know, just like everything that I report on or do stories on, you know, it's all just a collection of stories. And these cases are just really good stories. And um, had I known that uh, in law school was so interesting, I probably would have been more inclined to consider it a thing to do. Not too late. <laughs> Not too late. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, it, to me, it's like, it's the new thing I think and talk about all the time. And it, it's, it's pretty fun to have uh, a conversation about Trump start to happen and have it, um, you know, one side of the conversation go into just sort of like angst and wheel spinning and then have, me now with a, a little bit of knowledge to go back into history and talk about Truman and then talk about uh, Nixon and and have these ways to, to ground this stuff just so it doesn't um, drive me insane um, just sort of hand-wringing about the, the latest um, weird thing that Trump had done and so I really appreciate it like it gives me um, this great comfort to use this time to learn the Constitution in a new way. And also in, in a largely, I, I, you know, like I, I think that throughout my life, I have my skepticism of the U.S. government and sort of the cultural hegemony of America in general has um, classified me as a non-patriot. And I uh, never really took to that all that well, but, um, but I was resigned to it. And now I like this opportunity of like looking at um, the, the weirdness of Trump and um, going back to some fundamentals and learning the Constitution in these new in these ways that, um, you know, make me feel like I'm doing my civic duty and becoming a better citizen through um, through this process. So it's been I, I mean, it's given me great comfort in general. And it's been a lot of fun, too. I mean, talking to Roman about these ideas has sort of really reinforced for me this idea that, well, you know, people need to know more about the Constitution. And I got to tell you, even in law school, it's not most people's favorite subject. So for I teach what's called a required course. You have to take 
constitutional law one. It's an intro course. And for most people, they sort of glaze over. And I've, over the years, I've gotten so many comments like, well, constitutional law is fun and all, you know, but it's not really real life. And so this year, I'm like, folks, this is real life. It's happening. It's <laughs> unfolding in real time in Twitter before our eyes. And so my students would often this year, you know, instead of just like quietly going off and doing whatever they do, they'd come up to me after class and say, can he really do that? Is that allowed? And so in a way, it's, yeah, sort of terrifying for people, but also just it's really gratifying. You're really thinking about these big topics in a way you hadn't before. And I think one thing that Roman and I have decided to do with this project is really make it a positive experience. You know, we're not, it's not like a trash talking podcast. We're sort of saying, well, here's what the Constitution says. Here's what we know. And here are the challenges that this president is raising with regard to the Constitution. And that is really, I think, a like nugget of wisdom that we can give people as they think about this, you know, blistering fire hose of news, you know, sorry to mix metaphors there, um, where, that they're looking at every day and it's confusing. It does seem to be a side effect of this <coughs> presidency is that we're all learning and things like you have to ask questions like, what is America? What is <laughs> what is American? What does it mean? What are we about? What do we do? And yeah, now suddenly people like me, I, I never thought I would be listening to a podcast that talked about constitutional law. And I'm like, where is it? How quickly can I get it? How quickly can I put it on my head? Yeah, I'm reading I mean, more about economics and like interested in things like the CBO score. Like it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's are we getting smarter? Is that what's going to happen? We're all going to get smarter? If that would be a side effect, that would not be a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a nice thing. But I think with a lot of times with a little bit of information, like I think I'm just getting dangerous with this stuff. And the 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 real issue to me is people on Twitter just talking about things being unconstitutional or not. And I, I think I've learned enough at this point to know that um, the, the because of the way that the Constitution is uh, is constructed, um, there's, there's very little that's unconstitutional. Like there's a lot of powers. A lot of it's limited by just uh, customs and behaviors and norms. And so um, it's uh, so hopefully they just continue to listen and continue to learn. Um, rather than, you know, go off on, uh, you know, the latest thing that, you know, somebody said about uh, whether or not this uh, jives with the Constitution in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, are we all WebMDing the current situation? Like, <laughs> I think a little bit. I think the stuff with the 25th Amendment certainly seemed like... Come I mean, on, it, it sort you of, guys, it, come on. <laughs> it certainly seemed like the, the way I would look up, you know, like that I had some kind of weird tropical disease in the middle of the night, <laughs> like diagnose. I'm, I'm certain I have this. I am certain I have this disease right now. Yeah. Did you ever see House, the show? Uh, I've seen it. Doctors. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the premises of House is that he's this crazy smart Sherlock Holmes doctor who diagnoses the hardest cases. And his team comes to him and there's always like someone who's got a mystery disease and they're like, it's lupus. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's not lupus. It's never lupus. And there's a joke about how it's not lupus, how people, when they have all these mystery symptoms, they come and they say, it's lupus. And he goes, it's not lupus. It's never lupus. And to this day, it's become in the vernacular of people going, well, it's not lupus. It's never lupus. And I, is the 25th Amendment our lupus is sort of what I'm wondering. It's like we're all <laughs> looking. We're like, it's the 20th. We have conspiracy walls all around us, and we're like, the 25th Amendment. Is it, if you put the tweets together, and you link the tweets, <laughs> and you link the tweets to the picture, and then, you know, and he touches people, and he's 
got like a lion in his apartment, a stuffed lion that his child rides, and it's Twenty Fifth Amendment, and it's lupus, and it's not lupus, except sometimes it is lupus. Is this lupus? Is this actually? I'm not letting go of the Twenty Fifth Amendment, is what I'm saying. <laughs> sometimes it's lupus. Well, I've lost we, my mind. We haven't done the show on Twenty Fifth Amendment yet, so I have. Please, to you've got to do it. Well, we will. We will. I think we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we haven't we haven't really applied it to this in this case, but it does seem like my reading of it was that that's a really remote possibility. It just looks really hard. I think that's right, and it really is the kind of like it's I maybe it's the it's not lupus thing, but it's really like the constitutional equivalent of in case of emergency break glass, and we're just not there yet. I mean, I mean it's really there as kind of a last resort part of the constitution, uh, and it's really hard to imagine we would get there before many of the other options. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not even like in case of emergency for all of us. It's like case of emergency according to ten people closest to the president. <laughs> You know. Starting a war with North Korea on Twitter? No, I mean even no. that. If the, if the cabinet agrees with him, that's you know the, the you know fitness for so, duty, fitness for office. Someone um, asked that hamburger what it thinks. <laughs> it's going to be that hamburger bought a lot of Raytheon stock, so it's fine. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at the cabinet, I mean, it's a it's a cabinet of loyalists. Like they, um, you know, more than anything, more than any other qualification. They were the people who supported Trump the first and the loudest. And so I would, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's helped uh, if you've watched a ton of uh, these, uh, <laughs> if you've watched the entire Godfather series, a lot of this seems to make sense. There's a lot of loyalty involved oh, good. in this administration. <laughs> oh, good. Who is Perfect. Fredo? <laughs> well, you got to start looking for Fredo. If you really want the 25th Amendment to happen, you start looking for Fredo. <laughs> oh, it goes out on uh, the on boat. that note, <laughs> Roman and Elizabeth, thank you so much for uh, joining us and also for putting something out that is uh, built around Sex. not waving your hands and screaming fire. Um, so thank you so much for joining us and thank you for putting putting out the show. Thank you so much. We Thanks. Appreciate your interest. That was great. Maureen, I don't think I don't think you're getting your 25th Amendment dream. I don't think that's going to happen. Sometimes it's lupus. Sometimes it's lupus. I just think that even though it's a constant trending topic on Twitter, it turns out that is not enough. I'm just saying, sometimes it's lupus. I don't think my voice... Your voice is sounding good, Maureen. <laughs> it's not sounding great. You're... It's not the it's not the best it's ever been. I don't know. It sounds loud and clear. What are you talking about? It sounds good. You got some pipes. We're brought to you by Blue Apron. Have you had <laughs> we, a we weird are, week? We're not we're not brought to you by Blue Apron. Have you ever had a fish that put you in the hospital that turned you purple and you were like, I don't have food allergies and they're like, You are not breathing and I was like, I just had a fish. Did that ever happen to you? Get Blue Apron. Because no, don't. if you go out, like, it'll, it'll kill you. So get your food in a box and stay inside. Blue Apron, <laughs> it's scary out there. Yeah, 
So uh, that's um Maureen, there's I'm gonna be there's gonna be goons in a box sent to our door soon. I mean, I just think that if we just keep trying, the blue apron will see that we're really good at this. We have we have good podcasting voices. And that we could be a really good representative of a healthy blue apron lifestyle. That we're the kind of voices that they want representing their product. They're going to show up. They're going to show up to our door, hit us in the back of the head with a block of dry ice, drag us into a box, and then we're going to be somebody's herb-infused chicken breast the next week. Blue Apron. Going to beat the shit out of you. Is that their that is is that their logo? Think, I, I think that I think that's their special catchphrase for us. That's the that's uh that's our our uh podcast code, right? That's our discount code. Enter enter code says who we're gonna beat the shit out of you and get a free box. I don't know what's gonna be in it, but you're uh, gonna get a free box. Blue apron. We have we have no sponsors. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. He's sort of our sponsor. He's like our AA sponsor. Our logo, our logo is designed by Darth. That's at Darth on Twitter. Still always a constant source of wonder and light in a very dark time. So thank you, Darth, both for the logo and for being Darth. We love you, Darth. We love we you, We really Ted. do. Uh, we also love hearing from you. We love Whether it. you are trying to rope us into uh, being your brand ambassadors for your probiotics or just to tell us uh, about you and how you're coping with all this, uh, contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter slash Says Who Podcast on Pinterest and Facebook or email hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. And if you leave us a review on iTunes, you get a free box of Blue Apron. It just comes to your house. No, you don't. You don't. It just arrives. It it doesn't. Hey, also, I'm going to be at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival with Mark and Hal doing a live episode of We Got This. And when is it? July 21st. It's July 21st, and I'll put up the link so you can get tickets. And it'll be really nice if you come and see us. I... You can. It's like you're. It's like you're diminishing and going into the West as we Dan. speak. Dan, I just want to talk about Blue Apron again. Oh, we're gonna get sued one day, Maureen. Our next episode so. is out July twenty sixth. Hopefully, Maureen's voice will be back. By then, and my series of rolling midlife crises will uh, will have come to a close. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Zinker. From inside of Blue Apron Box, I'm Maureen Johnson. This has been Says Who. Can you hear that there's something wrong with my voice, or is it, do you think it's going to come through? You know, I'm hearing it a little bit. I'm. I, you might want to like make some tea. You may want to just feel take fine. a little sleepy time tea and just give yourself a moment. 
Dan, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. I think you might, I think you might want to rest your voice. <laughs> Everything's fine. It's not lupus. 